0: Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your Mourner, and my host, as usual, Aidan.
1: guys, uh, two tough fixtures we had our way, so let's get into it.
0: Yeah, first away North London derby in years where we actually went into it as favourites. What was your thoughts leading up to the game?
1: You know, I thought you know, Tottenham struggled, I think, was it Bournemouth, the previous game, and I thought they just don't look... the Tottenham, that... Well, under Pochettino. They just didn't see that free-flowing attacking. No Dally alley as well. Eriksen, uh, you know, sold. So, I thought, you know, this, this could be Arsenal's chance to, I wouldn't say blow Tottenham away, but I would at least think that they would have gotten the three points.
0: And I mean, like, Arsenal, like, make one change from the squad they drew with Leicester. Uh, Outwin Saka, came Pepe, and I mean, I really thought everybody would be, you know, up to the task and really have a right go of it at White Land because, look, it's been years that we've uh, almost like, you know, strutted our, our stuff on their pitch, on their home ground, because since we've always been, you know, falling short or just, just about clinging on if you think of uh, the previous few seasons, uh, um, Tottenham caught us asleep quite early on in the game, I think about second minute, where uh, Lucas Moura, then, since we were failing to clear the ball, even had a pop at goal, which forced Martinez into an early save. Uh, Tenth minute, it seemed Arsenal finally started waking up to the game. And then I think also for me, a key moment in the game, 14th minute, uh, fantastic work by Bellerin on the flank. He gets the ball into the box. Uh, Finally, you know, what we've always been asking for, gets the ball into the danger area. But Aubameyang is completely... I don't know what... or if, if so, so many things were go through his head since it looks like uh, kind of a simple chance. He ends up scuffing the shot and the ball just like peters out to nothing.
1: Yeah, I, I actually think that... Um, I don't know, Martinez for me, I, I'm becoming a big fan of him. I know you, you, you talk about the Lucas Maris save and I, I actually feel that I'm really impressed with him in the goals at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then in the sixteenth minute, finally the breakthrough. Arsenal force uh Tottenham into so much air like errors on the right flank. I think Serge Aurier ends up just yeah off scuffing the ball out. Saka wins the ball, plays Luckazette in. And I mean Lacazette starts winding up and it was like Lacazette of old, and he just smashes the ball past Loris in the goal. One 0 Arsenal.
1: No backlift, really, and any at all. really, with that shot that was top class. And he's normally your fox in the box type of striker. It's not always he eats some, he eats those beauties outside of the box. So, for me, it was really happy to see him getting on the score sheet. And like I said, you know, ever since we've been uh, talking, saying, like I said, you know, should we sell him? Should we? Um, it seems like I said he listens to our podcast and look at him performing.
0: But I mean, you, you know, for me watching that shot, it reminded me of two former, not two former players, two yeah, player, former footballers, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Andre Shevchenko. Because as you said, no little to no backlift. And I mean, when he hit that ball, I mean, there's no effect or anything on the ball. It was just going in straight away. It came off his boot.
1: Yeah, Hugo Loris had no chance. And I mean, at that point, you think, okay, this, this game is going to go Arsenal's way.
0: Yeah. Then within, what was it, three minutes, (laughs) the tide immediately swings other way. Kolasinac, you know, uh, I know you and I asked way after the game also, were talking where I still could not get my head around what was going through his head because he did the very error that you would normally tell a child that just starts football about getting the head up before playing a pass. (laughs) He ended up watching his feet the whole time as he's running the ball towards our goal and he plays the ball as, because uh, I, I know cause this was, you know, we're also infuriating me because the, uh, the the as the error leads on to the eventual Spurs goal, the camera pans on David Luiz. And I mean, it was not David Luiz's fault. I mean, we normally, you know, <laughs> kind of crucify him if he, make, if he makes these sort of errors. But I mean, David Lewis is trying to give him the option of a simple pass down the one, the, the like left side, if you watch from behind the Arsenal goal. He of course plays into the, the exact pocket of space where <laughs> nobody is going to cover, that being Colosimo. And then he plays the ball straight to Son, who intercepts the ball, goes towards the keeper, and I think this is also the next little a little error also to bring up, because I think as a uh, like with, with, with seeing a goalkeeper like Martinez, the sort of form he's been in, he almost like he outfoxed himself because he went down way too early allowing Son to to dink the ball
1: over him 1-1 one, one. yeah to, to throw a, to Arsenal worked so hard to to, to to carve out the opportunity and you know as they've been doing this this season basically they just just giving goals away after putting so so much effort into scoring
0: you know I don't what, what, what I mean it, it actually it's like burning inside me again now to the podcast and this thing playing now over in my head again if you going one up, why do you have to play that sort of negative football? Because Spurs were already rocked at that point, so why didn't we just keep on forcing the game going forward? But as I said, like Colosimo, there's like little to no confidence in himself or probably in the, the people around him. But I mean, to to, to do like, almost like running into a, like a blind alley, playing a blind pass.
1: Yeah, he could just boot it up up the field. To be honest, even if we found there was no other option but to look down and think. Yeah. Not look what went to pass back as a cardinal sin. And, you know, he gave the ball, like you mentioned, straight to Son. And, I mean, you know, the rest, like you said, is history. And at at 1-0 up, I mean, like you said, Spurs were rocked. They were already on um not the best of form. Yeah. So, you know, you try to drive home to make it 2-0. And, you know, they the game could be dead and buried. Because they've been also struggling. And suddenly we make them, you know, hit back into form.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, tails are up of the Tottenham players. Ben Davis, hits uh, like, in the 30th minute. He ends up hitting a rocket out of nowhere, about probably 40 yards out or 35 yards out, which crashes crashes against the post. The keeper clearly, you know, struggling to get to, towards the ball. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Arsenal, from being dominant in that that early parts of the game, they go into the shell, and, and second half, you already know or, like, personally, I was thinking that uh, Spurs would not come you know, all out at us, but then uh, it's like, you know, the old foxy Mourinho started coming yeah. up.
1: Because Classic Mourinho.
0: Second half, we fall totally into this little trap that he to us, where he just allows Tottenham to give up position, but play a more solid defensive line midfield with, you know little to nothing was breaking through and you just have Harry Kane as your outlet as a counter-attack runner even Son playing as a you know just off the, the main striker so other than that they were flooding that half that, uh, um, they-
1: so lot- that, that second half just seems to to fly by because it, it was like watching Arsenal trying to you know break down a brick wall and just weren't finding any any luck with it and you know instead of trying something new it was just you know same side, side pass. There's no real yeah. penetration, and I think you know you miss a midfielder who can give that proper eye of the needle pass. Seba has been doing a, a good job at that, but you need that proper um, um attacking man who like a David Silva or Kevin De Bruyne, you know, who drives the team forward and he can pick up um, the football in the pockets of space for the strikers. Because you know, our front three, I look at our front three, and I'm like, you know, these guys. The speed they have can cause any um, defense problems, but we we don't cause enough defense problems at all.
0: I mean, what what I found really frustrating watching the game because it was almost like a meaningless stat that popped up where it was Arsenal at some like 80% uh, possession uh, with the ball and uh, Tottenham were having like the 20%. But for me, that 80% meant nothing because all we were doing, as you said, it was playing. Not only those little harmless passes and side passes, but we were camping in our own half at some point, not not eventually really for because we were just allowing them to sit like in this little heavy bank of five or whatever defenders and, and, and three in midfield, not doing really much, not even pressing really, because they were just wanting us to play. And the more the, the game was wearing on, and you and didn't really see much for that, what I recall the Abamean hitting the post on the hour. Yeah. Other than that, you you just saw nothing really coming as as Arsenal being a threat because it's the same sort of story that you and I have always been harping on about. Nobody has that sort of guts or what you said now just a few minutes ago about just taking the ball and taking the game to them. Drive like I'm not saying you must go full gungo and, and and attack and leave yourself open and vulnerable. No, but with them playing it that that sort of you know the old Mourinho way, there are ways of breaking that that sort of, of team down, but it's like
1: we just had no answer to it. A passing game, I think uh, Mourinho very well um, whether he's Tottenham or with his, the teams he's managed. I think he's he, he nullified the, uh, the old Arsenal way and even the Pep way of, of doing things of knocking the ball around. You know he doesn't care. You know he, he will sit in front of you and tell his players, "You stay and you'll take your opportunity when you get it." Like you mentioned now, uh, when Mourinho sets his stall up like that, I think that. You need to play much quick, fluid passes and yeah. just move forward and like run into space so that you can pull players out of position. But you know, Arsenal just seem to do that sideways, sideways, slow, look up again, pass. Instead of, you know, trying to burst through them.
0: I don't mean you could clearly see Tottenham were like, Yeah, you go have fun with the ball. We're not going yeah. you can do whatever you possibly and you blew in the face. You're not gonna breach us if if this is the type of football football you're gonna play because because I was really expecting a, a sort of, you know, a little barrage of attacks on their goal. But, you know, then, of course, came the sucker punch in the 81st minute mm-hmm. where uh, it's seemingly, you know, against the runoff play, Tottenham then decided, okay, they're going to, you know, venture forward. Not really pull everybody forward, but just venture forward and, and, and try to pick us off from, say, dead ball situations. And so it was from a corner. they allow, I mean, even that, that was also, I mean, I... I Actually, my, my face is just skewing up here, just thinking of it where They allow Kieran Tierney to mark one of the tallest, most robust players in the in the Tottenham team. And by the time Alderweireld is attacking the ball, I mean, I've, I'm going to send you a photo also later on. I'm sure you guys have seen it, those have watched the game and, and even on Twitter. When Alderweireld rises, Mustafi is with him, Kolasinac is with him, David Luiz is there, and Kieran Tierney is being bullied as well. <laughs> So it's like four guys that are kind of camped around him, and he still outjumps all of them, and he gets first to the ball and glances in to go 2-1 up.
1: Yeah, it, it was really frustrating. And like I know there was a small hope of us having top four or being there and there about, but I think that just dented it. And you just have to look at, you know, Man United, of how they... Um, they they are strong they came back after the restart. restart and that's what you and I were speaking about. You know, come back stronger, you know, get the results and you know, who knows where you end up. But Arsenal was just a bit far too inconsistent and I think Arteta Dang's changes a bit too late. I think it was exactly. after we conceded or something like that, and he was like, Okay, everybody come onto the field now.
0: That was the very point now, my talking point that was not coming up from that now was exactly what you just said now. How can you make the subs then? Now you expect these guys to come on, sort of cold, and you expect them now to be the total game ch- changes, ex- especially in a North London derby where immediately after going 2-1 uh, up, they go back into the shell again and start sitting again playing that, you know, the counter-attacking game. And then it could have even gotten worse later on because Arsenal decided to throw the kitchen sink going forward, which was, you know, and not really thinking of what's happening at the back end. Harry
1: Kane could have made a the 31 at, at at one point. Yeah, t- oh, I'm just glad that he he didn't uh, continue his record of every time putting the ball against the, in the back of the net whenever he comes up against Arsenal. But again, you know, Tottenham sharing the the I mean taking the points and it just seems that we could not. Uh, I mean, I was hoping to have a uh, a St. Tottenham's day, Sorry, St. Tottenham's day or something like that, yeah. where we end above Spurs because we haven't done that. In a long time,
0: because I mean, it was like you know, so the sort of praise we were giving, say, Mustafa in the last few weeks for his performance. It's like you went for Mustafa in this game because <laughs> he was slipping and sliding and just dived <laughs> random, like you know, nothing. Yeah, he- that
1: one way, Harry Kane he beat him, or was it like, oh, Harry Kane knew he was gonna go sliding in or something like that.
0: <laughs> and then one we we tries to shoulder barge Harry Kane, and he's end up bouncing <laughs> himself off the player and laying on the deck. While Kane is speeding off the world's goal. so yeah, very infuriating game. It's uh, and it 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 so like left person that really gutted is like you know you you within that that points or or that uh, region of climbing up the table, getting you know kind of in the real mix of things where it concerns European places, and then you have a, a sort of letdown like this where you you open the door again for everybody to catch up to you, and then we in I mean end up. Finishing
1: the weekend on a intense position. Yeah, it's it's not. It wasn't a pretty sight. That you know, on we go, and the champions coming to the Emirates. You know, I had a a a feeling of you know, you are watching this game, like you prepared for it, but there's no real. I can't say that excitement building up to it because you know Liverpool are going already champions. They're probably trying to go for that um, hundred. Point mark, and then you have Arsenal, who who doesn't really have much to play for. But you know, but and I think I said a lot to the lineup having a and a on the bench.
0: Yeah, but I mean, my heart kind of sank when I saw the, the Liverpool lineup because <laughs> look, I remember the lineup of Liverpool the other day when they played Burnley, where they had quite a few of the youngsters in. Yeah. So this game, they've actually played full strength, and I was thinking, how of of course, I'm a, the, the sort of fan I am. Whether it's a game like this or whatever, I always fancy a win for us. No no matter, you know, unless I see it plain on the screen or wherever, that we've now, you know, been soundly beaten. But for me, it's like every game I want us to win. You know, even if it sounds stupid, sometimes people will have a laugh whatever. But even if I, against the champions, I still was fancying our chances against because my mindset was constantly not really thinking of, say, the full-strength team, but... You know, with them having already wrapped up the title, I don't think that sort of—I wouldn't say fire is still in there—but you can see they—they they did their business, so it's now for everybody else now to you know scramble and and get whatever points. And I mean, if you think nobody expected even Burnley to get a point off them the other day,
1: yeah. It's true what you say. I mean, even in in if you go look at Champions League winners, I mean, yes, teams do go win the the, the Champions League and league, but a lot of the time those teams that win the league too early in the season, end up battling to, you know, step up in the Champions League because they're, it was like they have relaxed. And I think you can see that with Liverpool. They came back after the restart, knowing what they needed to like get to win the league, got the league sorted out. And it's like there's no that, that, the real hunger. I'm sure we have seen a different Liverpool attitude. Not that they didn't have, like, you know, a pumped attitude, but, you know, a different type of Liverpool on the night at the Emirates. Yeah, I mean, like, on with
0: with uh, onto the game. Out went Kolasinac, Mustafi, Bellerin, Sebez and Aubameyang. In came Holding, Cedric, Torreira, and Nelson. Um, of course, we again go into this game 3-4-3, but the more you started watching the game, and even though it looked Liverpool, of course, started also like a house on fire. But you could see also what more set up like a five-man defence, not really playing with the wing-backs. I think everybody, I think even Jurgen Klopp was thinking, we are going to do that sort of bombarding down the flanks. But, I mean, maybe that was the mindset of, 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 I would say, the squad. I think more Arteta. But I think as the game wore on, Arsenal players, when they started seeing, look, we can't really just go 3-4-3 because we're setting ourselves, you know, really up for a whipping if we're going to keep this way of playing. And I think also after the goal, I mean, I did really have fears of this could be a long night because (laughs) I ended up up front in the lead in the 20th minute. With that Mane goal, I was expecting yeah, you know, a, a barrage of goals to come flowing in. But what really surprised me was I think one or two minutes after the, the, the retake of the, you know, the center centering after the goal, uh, when we almost like everything just started opening up for us. Reese Nelson, then I think he was like in kind of two minds, didn't know whether to shoot or cross. Then he got, you know, he got himself ready in a muddle. But I mean, that could have been also a quick uh, fire equaliser.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could have changed the complexion of the game very easily. But I think at that point, you could see a bit more belief in Arsenal.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, 27th minute, Salah again gets gets in, forces uh, Martinez into a good save. But then, with that, it again swung the other way. All of a sudden, the ball is in, in the Liverpool off. Of course, it doesn't look like any na- dangers about. But I think this is where the, the point I was going to make, where you champions, but you also got that cocky streak to you because ju- if you re or, you know rewatch that goal again, that we're going to now build up to Van Dyke and for uh, from uh, Fabio, they are just locking the ball to each other, almost like very cocky. And I'm thinking to myself, are oh, they not going to do anything with the ball? And the more they, like, you know, kind of passing back and forth to each other, you just see Lacazette <laughs> and Larisse Nelson pressing higher and higher. And by the time Van Dyke gets the return ball from Fabinho, Larisse uh, Nelson is on his heels, muscles him off the ball, dispossesses him, squares the ball, and Lacazette fires Arsenal 1 1. one.
1: And like I said, once again, on the score sheet, it's- it's, it's, I'm glad he's, he's finding his feet once again. But, you know, I, I think, I mean, Liverpool was stunned at that, and Van Dijk, you know, was embarrassed, it because he still tried to complain for a free kick. But, um, you know, good hassling and adding from the yes. Arsenal players. And, you know, 1 1, you're bringing yourself back in the game, taking your chances. And, you know, suddenly the game's a, a different story now.
0: So now my mindset is thinking, okay, we won 1 1. Now, where, where's the retaliation going to come? Because if you already gathered that sort of memories of what happened now at White Hotline, Lane.
1: Yeah.
0: just wondering if it's going to not play out the same way here, yeah, but we kind of weathered the storm. And then as we were closing in on halftime, uh, 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 a throw-in from, I believe, Robertson goes to Becker. He saw, I don't know what the heck, he was trying. He ends up kind of mis the ball. Arsenal nicked the ball again. Rhys Nelson. not no, sorry. Luck like it nicks the ball. And it was like he returns the favor, squares the ball to Reese Nelson, who, under pressure, because I think the right back was closing in, uh, 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 Alexander Arnold, he was closing in, as well as Fabinho was quite close to nicking the ball off his toes. But I mean, he managed to get the get the shot in, steer the ball past Alison Becker, and Arsenal got 2 1 up.
1: I couldn't believe my eyes at that point. I thought, oh, it is really happening. Are we 2-1 up against the champions? But, you know, hard work, hard grit. And to go 2-1 up against the champions is no easy feat. I don't think a lot of teams you know, have, have, have taken the lead against this Liverpool side. So, you know, I was quite ecstatic. But like you said as well, I thought there wasn't a weird reaction, especially after that 100 points total are dangling above the head. Because, I mean, you know, as it was now, this title victory of Liverpool, it's, it was supposed to be one to go down in history, but yes, they won the title, the earliest ever a team has done, And but you know they haven't am- amassed the most goals or the most um, points or that mm-hmm. invincibles as well, so you know, it ends up just becoming a normal league win now.
0: So, I mean, second half, Liverpool are of course really, you know, having a go at us, peppering our goal when they get the chance. Arsenal, of course, now start playing a bit more like the Spurs away versus us. We start giving up the position, but we play a more compact defense. Uh, almost like a real shield of a, of a midfield. And just having like one or two runners to do the uh, you know, counter-attacking runs. So, of course, you, you can actually see the frustration building. And I think what was added to that is just whenever they were breaking through uh, Liverpool, People like Rob Holding or um, David Luiz, they just all they did was just belted ball up the field. I mean, I, I, of course, sometimes it, it was getting f- infuriating because look, you still want to give our attacking players some sort of chance to get to the ball. But I think what what infuriated Liverpool also and was really, you could see the frustration on the, the, the players' face also is like every time that long ball got roofed back into the area, it was that to start that whole passing move from the from the back again, and every time the ball was kind of breaking at our box or edge of the box. Xhaka and them were just woofing the ball up the field again. So I was like, okay, now you can go start again the next move. And that sort of frustration was also key to us kind of grinding this result. slow. Because every time I was like watching the, the clock, a bit like what you were always, your, your connotation to cricket, where you talk about that five or ten minutes or t- ten runs or whatever as you build your, your crickets go up. Now, for me, it was like every five minutes or ten minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, I was having a look at the clock, just watching us. Try to wear them down, also not really wear them down, but just act like the sort of a red wall in front of them that they cannot breach.
1: It's weird to say Arsenal playing that style of football, but it worked effectively. And sometimes you know you need to go to that when you're playing against the various oppositions. It was just you could see as well that Klopp wasn't impressed with his side as well. It's not like you know that um, that it was just. They, they just went there with no kids. I think he wasn't, you could see he was unhappy with the performance and... Because, I mean, you could so,
0: yeah. see, he came way the, the, even the way that squad was put together, it was to have a right go at us. I mean, as you said, they had that, that carrot dangling of the 100-point target and, that, and I think that is why they, also the uh, kind of way of respect also to Arsenal because, yes, as we, we might not be, you know, running really with the top dogs, but I mean, we've got History behind us, and that is why Klopp still came with a full strength team to take us
1: on. Yeah, it's just a good result, but small results Burnley, I mean, Brighton, um, even Leicester, Spurs, also possibly. Mm. You really look at those results, you know, silly mistakes. You know, who knows where we could have been. We did a hard job beating Wolves away from home. And, yeah. you know, going to lead, playing Leicester as well, at having the lead and then you know, throwing it away with the with reckless heart-headed, not reckless, but, you know, heart-headed challenge when Ketia coming into too early, even though I still take my stance if it wasn't the red card. But, you know, these things need to be ironed out in our game. But it's something that you mentioned also that, to me, about, you know, what Arteta said, you know, telling the listeners who didn't hear about, you know, how he said about how he's taken this team
0: so far. Yeah, because at the post-match interview, when he was asked about transfer funds and uh, and he was, like, kind of shrugging his shoulders because, like, he wasn't sure what sort of number we're looking at, say, in the transfer market. But then he also added that he's, you know, down the lines of he's taking the squad, because he's just literally been at the squad, like, you know, dumped on his doorstep and told, like, look, make something happen with this team. And I mean, what he was saying was he got he's managed to get kind of the best of what he can out of this team. But he said, like, for us to kick on to the next level, it's going to come down to, you know, the board to make that decision where if we want to go to the next level of, of being, like, competitive and that even getting in the mix in the top four fight again, we will need to invest and invest heavily. And not only heavily, invest smartly in, in in players that can not only adapt to the style of playing, but can also kick on and, and you know, make us grow as a unit.
1: Yeah, I know. I agree 100% with that. But, you know, I hope this guy can work miracles on Saturday evening. It's your birthday as well. So yeah. I do hope Arsenal is going to give you uh, a good birthday present against the mighty Man City, who just seem like they're very angry at the world right now, just punishing teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I expect much of the same as it was against Liverpool. I mean, we all know their style of, of play. It's, it's, you know, try to blow the opposition away within like 20, 25 minutes usually. But I think, you know, breaking down this whole thing, the, the, the semi-final, I just think it's going to come down to on the day because... You can come in with whatever big reputation, but I mean this is a cup semi final and usually anything can happen. I mean I don't know if you recall some years back where Wigan ended up playing Man City in the FA Cup final. And if yeah. Body you know, it was like talking of ninety nine percent to one percent for a Man City winning against the runoff play, Wigan score, close the game up and just frustrate uh, the Man City for I mean the wasn't like really one of the best FA Cups, but for defensive displays and you know throwing body on the line, that was a sort of attitude that I think Arsenal will probably need to have. Because look, we know we can't go say toe to toe with them, say midfield. If you look at Kevin De Bruyne and him. but I mean, if you play as a unit and you you play, you know, so, strong and, and disciplined, and you know you're not reckless also with various things. You look like you don't want to get also early bookings and stuff like that against Man City. But other than that, if you
1: Frustrate them and they you can't get at them. It's just that um currently how uh, the, the, the past few seasons have gone, it reminds me you now of the Arsenal Man United um, rivalries where, you know, if the one wasn't winning the league the other was probably taking the FA Cup. So I just hope that, you know, Man City don't um you know, like now Liverpool is the Arsenal and City is like, you know, Manchester. But where they, they really blow us off the park. I, I hope we just, you know, I keep on saying this, but I hope we just give a good performance and, you know, not your your average 3-0 man win that's been happening the past few games.
0: Yeah, because, look, I, we all know what we are going to expect, but, because, I mean, I think I'm, the place that I'm very wary of is, of course, the Brainer. we all know, but, look, David Silva's going to probably want to go out on the eye as well. Um, You've got... Gabriel Jesus, who's, you know, showing he's also able replacement for Sergio Aguero long-term. And then you look at, but I still think, if, when I look at City, because of the attacking prowess, that's so good. You've got like Sterling as well there, in the, causing damage. And in the middle of the park, you've got, you know, you can call upon someone like Bernardo Silva, things like that. But I still think their biggest vulnerability is at the heart of the defense. If you can get at that, you got part of the job done. Because... Everybody's always focused on the attacking midfielders, uh, the attacking uh, front three and that. But I think if you can somehow, even if it's a route one football or whatever, that that frustrating brand of football, if you can get that at that defenders, then I think you can, they are vulnerable then.
1: We need to also bring our attackers more into the game. It's like we don't bring our attackers enough into the game or they just don't have enough influence on the game. And, it's going to be, I wonder what, you know, I know he's going to go with that 3-4-3 three, three but is he going to go with Carlos Sinaj in the back or is he going to stick to Rob Holding?
0: I mean, for me, it's going to be criminal to put Rob Holding out to the side. I mean, the sort of character he showed against people like Mane, Firmino and Salah. And it's uh, uh, more like uh, David Luiz was afraid of that sort of aggression of his. Because, I mean, the two of them together really played their backsides off the other day.
1: Yeah, you gotta look at like that formation. It seems to work for Rob Holding as well. Remember the FA Cup final? We you know we, we went to that formation as well and you know Rob Holding seemed to have dealt with Diego Costa quite well. So I don't know if that formation, you know, brings a bit better more out of his game than, you know, your average four at the back. So, you know, let's let hope Arsenal come there with and you know, like the uh, Raya Carey song bring miracles. kills.
0: But I mean I I also like the, the thought of um, you know, that Rob Holding, David Louise and Kieran Tierney, because Tierney and, and Saka on that one side actually complement each other the way they play. And also, if, if Tierney gets caught up high up the field, Saka has an experience to so drop into that uh, left flank. And I mean, the only one thing I also found a shame is, look, Cedric has been playing quite well whenever he's now come to like been on, on on show for Arsenal. So I just find it a pity that he's now cup-tied since he played for Southampton in the in the FA Cup.
1: Oh, wow. Flip. So, yeah.
0: Ballard and Will get in, of course, the, the nod for the weekend. But I, I just think other than that, that, that squad looks fine and balanced. So if they can just play that sort of tough, you know, very uh, tough to break down, then I think we, it bodes well for us.
1: I see you left Mustafi out of that back line. He's still having flashbacks of him against City in the Carabao Cup final. Aguero just nudged him in the back and he went
0: flat. <laughs> and then he still stands in the, in the air as he that Aguero races off the score. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, like for me right now, I just think uh, for our own safety, no Mustafi, no Colosinos in the starting game. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, moving now away from this game, uh, Lucas Torreira, it just seems like he hasn't, you know, hit the ground running as yet under Arteta, or even this season as a whole for Arsenal. You know, what, what's your take on him? Do you still give him another season, or do you, you know, try to sell him off? Since you also rumors of him not being happy at the club, and
0: yeah. I just think this season has been disrupted a lot with injuries because. He's not fully healed from it. that injury he got early on in, in 2020. And, you know, he's been almost like, every time you think he's, he's on the verge of, of getting close to the squad, and then you hear, yeah, it's like some sort of setback in, in training or in in, in uh, um, physio training. And, and then you think, okay, there's again another little setback for him. So every time he looks kind of off the pace when you watch him play, and I think that is why he also ends up, you know, I'm not saying he look that the other day he also like was it was a silly yellow that he got but other than that he was also making late tackles at times when it was like the pace was getting a bit too fast for him and then he was like making kind of clumsy tackles where you were you know that sort of thing that gets Shaka usually in trouble
1: yeah uh, I must admit you know, has really stepped up since Arteta's come in
0: yeah I mean of course he's, I also think with with Arsenal's midfield his pace sometimes yeah. is that, that worries me a lot and of course there were some moments in the game where like early on in the game if you recall it was Liverpool where he was trying this expansive passes and it was constantly getting intercepted and then maybe Arteta spoke to him or one of the players spoke to him but then later on in the game as we were now you know playing with our backs to the wall he kept everything simple whether it's just hoofing the ball long or playing just a simple fast a simple pass going forward.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's 100% true. And, like, Raka, that's been, that's been a, a big part of it, a negative to his game where he ends up, um you know, trying to complicate things too much. Just keep it yeah. simple. And he looks so, so much better, like, just doing the basics.
0: Yeah. Okay, so if you have nothing else to talk about, then we're going to wrap the podcast up, now.
1: Yeah, happy to do that.
0: Yeah. So I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, guys. Enjoy the FA Cup semi-final. So come yeah. on, you gunners.
1: Uh, And to you as well, Monet. Have a good birthday this weekend. Enjoy.
0: Thanks, mate. Bye.